Hello again, I'm Dr. Frank Luntz, and welcome to the latest installment of America Speaks right here on Straight Arrow News. We had a fascinating conversation last week about what's right here in America. People talked about the success stories, the opportunities, and why we should be confident and hopeful about the future. Well, unfortunately, that's only half the story, and that makes this segment really special. We're going to hear from average Americans just like you and the challenges and problems that are facing this country right now. So let's get right to it. The conversation kicks off with the discussion of what keeps people awake at night. You represent all age groups, all demographics, uh, geography, all across the country. Tell me, when you think of America, what keeps you up at night? What is your greatest fear for the country at this moment in 2024? Andre, I'm going to start with you. Um, I would say optimism. That I still believe that our country is going to go to the next level. Um, I'm just waiting for us to figure out this democratic ideology we have and how we can really help each other instead of having the two-party system. Laura, what keeps you awake at night when you think about America? It just seems like there's yeah. such a pervasive attitude of winner take all, or if I can't have what I want, you're certainly not going to get what you want, and that we just don't work as a, you know, we just don't mix together like we used to in give and take. Peter, what concerns you the most about the direction of the country? Uh, the lack of civility, the lack of empathy, um, the lack of holding on to actual facts that you can't have your own set of facts. Um, the, the, all those have become very, very problematic. Liz, how you, would you respond to that question? Affordability, like everything's just so expensive. I'm, you know, I'm a caregiver to my mom. Um, I thought I would have money in the bank after selling a home and I just, I can't, I can never get ahead. So <laughs> because everything costs so much. Clark, your answer. In two years, our country is going to celebrate its 250th anniversary. Uh, this country over its history has been incredibly diverse. We've done the unthinkable in bringing together an incredibly diverse array of people from different places, different walks of life. I think in this moment, our unity as a people is very fragile. And I think there are forces that are continuing to spin us apart. And there's no one who's trying to pull us together with an earnest, earnest effort. Who Can we go for Clark for president? Because I think <laughs> he's doing an excellent job. I'm, I'm actually feeling the vibe right now. I, I, I just got to tell you that. I'll vote for you, Clark. Well, let me ask you, which is a greater threat to the future of America? Uh economic concerns or the kind of cultural concerns that Clark raised? Which which concerns you more? Who would say economic? Raise your hands. Three, four of you. Who would say cultural concerns? That's another fact. I mean, I think both. But yeah. no, you have to choose. We're not politicians that, that say everything. Why <laughs> is the cultural concern greater to you than the economic concern. Anybody, Stuart, let's go with you. Yeah, it, I, I just have a feeling we've become a country without a purpose where we, there's no 
we've lost a lot of our commonality, you know, and we need to, we need to recapture our, our commonality where we're all, where we share expectations and, and, uh, and, and, and share a vision. We don't have a vision anymore. That's the big thing we're lacking. And I think without that division, it's just allowed all this division to pop up. Robert, com compromise has become a dirty word in this country. We're all tribal. It's my side versus their side. And my side can do anything, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's appropriate or illegal. And I'll defend them because it's my side and the other side is the enemy. We've been spoiled for 30 years because we've been the only superpower in the world. And now China is coming for us and we're not prepared for it. And we think the guy on the other side of the street who uh, believes in a different political party is the enemy when there are a lot worse factors out there that want to take America down. we got to remember that we're still stronger together and we need to learn to work together. We're not the enemy here in this country. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, like, and to answer the question of like, what keeps me up at night? I have fear of instability and uncertainty in this country. And that's really um, frightening, I think, for America, because I don't think I'm the only one who feels this way. And I think that that's like a scary place to be in here. And, I, you know, I come from uh, the former Soviet Union, so I know, like, the other side. I know what it is that we're against. And I feel like there's so much similarities now, actually. There are so many similarities. And I feel I feel similar to Yana, Frank, and it's because um, I, I'm so concerned with the world is literally on fire everywhere. And so I worry about um, the stability just of the world um, with respect to possible involvement in foreign wars, all these countries fighting, the agitation that we've seen such an uptick of, um, because that will also make relations in the United States bubble up. That will cause friction and divisiveness in, in the country. So it's like a domino effect. Sarah, go ahead. I think polarity is a problem here in the United States. And I quite frankly, you know, I walked away from a 20 year career in the capitalist world in New York City. And now I'm, I'm exploring connection with self. I think there's a lot of trauma that we all have, whether it's generational or otherwise recent from all the crap that's been going on. What? We need to be more united in general. I think somebody needs to come in who's not gonna divide us and who's gonna inspire both sides, Republican and Democrat, you know, and just just people, right, all of us, George people. and Peter. So, I mean, the way the way that I'm connecting with what a lot of people have said in terms of the the lack of civil discourse and what Sarah just said is like, there. I'm actually fearful in my everyday life of saying the wrong thing, um, and it's not I, it's not so much a complaint about wokeness, but you know, people are so polarized that you know if if you, you're either going to find people who adamantly agree with you or you can't talk to much of that conversation was alarming because that clearly affects our day-to-day -day quality of life but there's an issue that our participants volunteered that's equally important our economy and the opportunity that it does or does not provide people to rise up and achieve the american dream 
Let's listen in as our Americans discuss something that is clearly important to their lives. Let's get a show of hands here. How many of you are afraid of what you say in a day uh, in a day to day basis that someone's going to jump down your throats? What's happened, Laura? And any of you, what's happened that we're now that we may have freedom of speech in the Constitution, but we don't have it in reality? You know, it's when you feel the way sometimes you, you feel very seriously and strongly about something and you want to have a conversation and you train yourself to go about it in a polite and respectful way and to listen. But you worry like where I live. Um, I know Trump, you know, won resoundingly and in my county and so forth. So I do feel like I've got to be careful. And I bought a Republican Voters Against Trump t-shirt and mask and beer koozie and stuff right after the election, thinking I wouldn't need them in 2024. But I'm really afraid to put mine on when I go out walking, you know? So I, I stay away from it. And that's bad. And? Well, I feel that everyone has gotten so sensitive that almost anything I say will cause a rift. And if I say something that I like something even remotely pro-Trump. I'm not a fan of his, but I think the wall was a good idea. We wouldn't have had all these immigrants here if we did have that wall, but my friends won't ever talk to me again. I mean, I, I could say that in front of friends I've had 40 years and they hate Trump so much. <laughs> it will so go off cancel on culture. Cancel culture in general is just like, you know, to me, it's almost very much like communism. You can't say certain things. You can't do certain. There is something that's happening that I've never experienced in this country. And coming from a communist background, like knowing the other side, it's very similar. I'm just putting no. it out. There's no, there's no nuance. That's the problem is when I was I, I listened to a, a, a person uh, who does um, political an analysis and they have someone come on and speak every week. And and he comes on and talking about the how Trump is doing better in the polls and how how Biden hasn't been doing well. And people call back and say, all he wants is him to win. It's like, we're like children. It's like, no, there's nuance. Like there, there needs to be, two things can be the same at the same time. I can't stand Donald Trump, but yes, the wall might have been a good idea. The, the, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden I love Donald Trump. But, right. but people have gotten to the point where they can't split that apart. And it's like if you say one thing, you know, then then you are 100 percent for it or 100 percent against it. And people have to understand there's shades of gray there. And that's where we should be. <laughs> Is that exactly. Yeah, we, we've fallen captive to a sense that there is a left right political divide <laughs> and, and there is not one uh, that you cannot neatly place issues on a on a line to the left to the right but somehow through through uh you know political marketing and tribal uh you know marketing of of political situations and, and people we've been given the sense that there are these two tribes we we hear those talking points of america's divided every four years but the truth is we're we're divided every day sunday is the most segregated day of the week so i think when we learned as americans to um, come together and be able to critically say Donald Trump did some good things Biden did some good things this person did some good things and we take the best out of all of that and say what's best for us as Americans together who 
here is over age 60? Raise your hands. Okay, I want to ask you guys. Uh, John, I'm going to start with you. Is it better or worse today than it was 30 years ago? Meaning the state of the country. Yes. It's worse. Why? I, I don't think we're able within really important parts of the country, particularly the political class, the media, um, to inspire people. I think as I've listened, people really, I think that's the case. I mean, we used to be able to have people bring 60 votes in the Senate together and pass major legislation. And it's very difficult now. And I think it's so great in the, in the way the country can be entrepreneurial do all these great things in civil society, but the press and the political class in particular just don't seem to match up with that. And they divide us as a way of, you know, getting money and getting power. Stuart, if you compared the condition of the country today with where we were 30 years ago, are we better off or worse off? Way worse off. There's no, the optimism is gone. I look at my son, I look at other young people. There, a lot of them are delaying starting families, getting, uh, getting things going. That's why our population, the birth rate has just collapsed it is because there's no optimism. There's no sense of, they don't want to belong to things. They don't want to volunteer for things. It's just totally different. I, I volunteer for all boards and did all kinds of things and my son's more like ah, they've got it taken care of it's become a passive view and, and i see that as the new way people think it's not the way we thought 30 40 years ago robert look back at 30 years ago are we better or worse off the condition of the country i'm going to be the contrarian because we always tend to romanticize the past and forget you know all the warts and, and uh, ugly parts you know, if you look at our standard of living and the opportunities that exist compared to where everybody was 30 years ago, there's no comparison in terms of, uh, I'll call it material wealth and the opportunity for spiritual wealth, not that everybody takes advantage of it. Uh, but uh, we, we are more fragmented as a group. Uh, that's large part due to changing technologies. But I think if you divorce the projected mass from the individual. I think people individually, you know, are better off and feel better off, not everyone, but uh, on the whole, compared to where you were 30 years ago and, and what, what the issues were and the challenges were 30 years ago, there's so much more progress that we've made scientifically in medicine and in and, and a lot of other areas uh, that, again, the past gets romanticized. He can't get away from politics. When you talk about what's wrong with America, politics and the political divisions and the polarization and even the poison is what people focus on most. Let's listen. So if you're to look to the future, how many of you think the future is going to be more problematic than the present? As you look at what's happening in this country, who's really afraid of the future? Okay, Mike. Bill, Peter, and Ann, I'm going to go to you. What concerns you the most about the days, weeks, months, and years to come? Mike, you'll start. I'm a high school history teacher, Frank, and I teach civics too. And Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Uh, and um, uh, I appreciate it. But 
we are the closest that we have ever been by my objective viewing to a dictatorship. Okay. The the Republican Party is, is fallen in line behind Trump and they need they feel like they need him. So the voices of any, you know, reasonable um reasonable uh right-leaning moderates that are in that party, they're they're hiding. Okay. So that's the problem here. I mean, Biden needs to run to the middle, find himself a running mate there, get a grand deal done to prove his chops, like somebody was saying earlier. No, about we're focusing on the country, on the yeah, country. Di dictatorship. Bill. It's going to be a dictatorship. Trump will lead this country into a dictatorship. I've watched the, I've studied the 1930s, I've studied Venezuela. Yes, he's going to lead Constitution is going to be wadded up and thrown over our shoulders. Closest, I'm scared. I'm I'm really scared. Bill, are do you do you buy any of the stuff that Mike's saying? Not a lot of it. Um, my my view is that change is really what we need to learn how to deal with. That the rate of change is faster now than it's ever been, and it'll be slower today than it is a year from now. Most people don't adapt very well or very quickly to change. And I think that's one of the major things that's driving people to the edges of the political spectrum, that I need a way to deal with things. I don't like all these brown people coming across the border. That's a change that somebody's going to have to learn how to deal with. And we're not very good at that. And what concerns you so much about the future? Um, I feel the inflation is going to keep going. I feel that the middle class is going to be squeezed even more and that someday it's just going to be rich and poor people. Mm. Um, I feel also that retirees are going to have a rougher time than anyone else. If somebody wants to live on Social Security, it's not doable now unless you maybe live in the middle of Iowa and don't have a car. You know, it's or you move a lot of people have moved to mexico and a lot of people now are looking to leave the country and a lot of people have it shouldn't be that way peter uh, i have been a big um follower of elections my whole life even when i was a kid and there's been people i've wanted to win and not win but i have never been afraid of someone to win and the situation with trump uh, he's he's telegraphing everything he's not he's not hiding it and just like uh our friend here who is the civics teacher reading things about the 1930s in germany the economy doing poorly uh migration immigration uh and bringing a strong man who's going to fix it all for you um is terrifying to me That's so simple answers I, to every complicated problem yeah it's never it's never um I've never been more worried for democracy. And, and hearing our friend from uh, who came from the Soviet Union say that she she sees this as how it's going uh, is is terrifying. It, it confirms what I've already thought. Um, and I, I feel if more people knew their new history, if more people understood what 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 has already come down, um, but we're so self-absorbed uh, that we can't we can't you know, we're so honestly we have so much education but no one's any smarter uh this is going to be a re repeat of the 30s which is terrifying to me lord and you're right what happened in this country 
Yeah, I think another thing that really worries me is that we're being poked on so many fronts um, by other nations and organizations and terrorist groups that are all out there. And they know very well that they can get us now, I think, you know, through their technology that we're not safe being over here on this continent necessarily. And our own political divisions and our lack of ability to get things done is only going to make it more challenging for us um, in the future. Robert, you're nodding your head very strongly. Why do you agree? Uh, because the pace of change technologically is only going to increase. And it, it's going to be destabilizing. The next war is not going to be a nuclear war. The next war is going to be an information war. It's going to be over in an hour and a half, and we're going to lose control of our electric grids and our money. And we won't even know what hit us. Uh, and and uh, going back to the, the earlier mm -hmm. statement, as, as somebody said, change is hard. The rate of change is only going to get faster over the next 20 years. I mean, think the iPhone is only 15 years old. Think about what the world was like before the iPhone, and now it's ubiquitous. And between AI and robotics and genetic engineering, the amount of transformation that's going to happen is going to be enormous. The central question we as a country are going to have to deal with is we have always said that we all believed in equality for everyone. The question is, was that with an asterisk that because it was the white Protestant men who were in charge that we were okay allowing for equality? And as our country changes more and more, and I think some of the political backlash you're seeing right now is because there's a threat from a segment of the population that is scared of losing control from their tribe. Tracy, you wanna to react to that? I do. Um, I didn't raise my hand to the to about what am I concerned about what's going to happen? But after listening to several folks and their comments, you know, I if I think about it, I am worried. I am concerned that they are with increasing polarization and a lack of bipartisanship, and as others have said about um, immigration and the border not being controlled and people's perceptions of like all these people are coming, all these brown people are coming. I am concerned of what may happen in the next year or two, particularly if, um, you know, Joe Biden does lose. Jacqueline, when you look towards the future and you see where we are going, what is your single greatest concern? The economy and um, possible war. But mostly the economy, I don't see it getting better. Um, interest rates are crazy. There's no positives or negatives anywhere to be found in the economy. Um, I'm you afraid- realize, for... You realize that there are more people working today. Wages have gone up. There's more opportunity across the country than there has ever been. That the and US... I get that, but the average person they, it's it's difficult for them to survive. The average person, it's difficult for them to pay their rent, to 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 put food on their table for them and their kids. Gas, it's it's you know filtering out a better a little better. But the average person, it's it's difficult for them. I've got I've got a whole bunch of economy. Very. I couldn't even begin to describe to you some some people who I know who have to make a choice: pay the rent or eat. It's 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 not that simple for some. I've so had please, a, I've had a whole bunch of um uh, uh, um uh, 
bonuses and things to try to keep me at my work because so many people are leaving the workplace. I've gotten so many, but at the same time, the rate of inflation has gone so much where it's, it's basically just canceling each other out. So, um, you know, I only need one major, uh, climactic situation happened in my, my life and I'm, I'm underwater. I'm doing okay. I'm making, yes. but, but all I need is an illness. All I need mm -hmm. is one. Mm -hmm. so, and that's exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. I agree. Okay. As a final question, the economic elites are watching right now. The political elites are watching right now. The cultural elites are watching right now. What do they not understand about you or about the country that you want them to know as you contemplate those things that concern you the most? What would you tell them? John, I want to start with you. I, I would tell them to start uh, compromising and stop picking on issues like immigration and the border is a dividing line, which I think they both do. And I, I would want the press to hear that message as well as our politicians that are running for office. Randy, what would you tell them? Um, I think they need to um, really, like, I, I agree with John, like the compromising thing, but I also think like, you know, look at the whole picture, like maybe listen to what people's concerns are, you know, and, and think about that. Like someone, if, you know, we're all talking about the economy. We're all talking about immigration. We're all talking about, you know, in, like the inflation, what's infecting us. That needs to be taken into consideration, not just one piece of the puzzle. Everything Laura, is taken into consideration. Laura, what would you tell them? You, you, it's not a zero sum game. You got to give and take. And, you know, you get points for giving and people respect that too. Andre, how would you answer that question? Kind of in a weird um, way, but um, I would say this: um, if I was talking to someone, uh, talking to them, I was telling them that the the how I look at it, democracy is a game, and I need you to play the game right. Meaning that us as Americans, we need assistance. For example, I had to I had to work practically two full time jobs just to take care of my family. And yes, I, I saw big um, amounts of money coming to my house, but due to inflation, it's like, I was like, wow, what if I didn't do that, my family wouldn't be able to survive. So um, it's a lot, it's, now it's time for us to get some new game changes. That's why um, Trump was so powerful because he was saying drain the swap. And that made sense to people because they are working and they're checked behind, they're checked close to, you know, if somebody gets sick or things of that nature, they can end up losing everything, things that they worked hard for. And I think that's that's the main thing I would say to them is that the game is over, that we're starting to learn the game and we're ready to put new players in that's going to work for the people, not for the corporations. That was an incredibly sobering conversation. It was very tough to listen to, but it's even tougher to live. And let's hope that we can address those challenges and those fears that face Americans in their day-to-day -day lives. I'm Dr. Frank Luntz. Thank you for listening. And please come back again for the next segment of America Speaks right here on Straight Arrow News.